Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. Our guest this morning is Karen Orser, the CEO of the Luna Child and Youth Advocacy Centre in Calgary. Luna has a unique and effective model of having five partner agencies under one roof. They all work together to help children and families dealing with child abuse. Karen has a master's in social work, an MBA, and has over 20 years of experience in the nonprofit sector. And she's here this morning to tell us more about the amazing work at the Luna Center that helps our community so much. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. Morning, David. Good morning, Tara. Good morning, Karen. Um, Tara, you can probably join in because you're on the board. I am on the board so, happily. Uh, I'm yeah. honored to be so on you this can board. Help Karen, right? Is yeah, she... right. <laughs> She's got this down. <laughs> so uh, when I uh, looked at your website, the first thing, I, the first page is who we are. So who are you? Who is Luna? I've never heard about Luna before, Tara. I know this is why we do these things because there's still a lot of people. Um, in the province, in the country, in the city that don't know, we have these amazing resources called Child Advocacy Centers. Um, The model of Child Advocacy Centers comes from the states where there's over 900. In Canada, we have over 40. So it really is a growing movement. Four years ago when I started, we had 20 um, in different stages of development across the country. And now we have over 40. So uh, we're always happy to come and talk about exactly what happens because we want Calgarians to know we have this amazing resource in the community. So child advocacy centers really came to be because uh, when children experience abuse and disclose abuse, um, they used to have to navigate all of these really complicated systems all by themselves. And that's really confusing and actually can add additional trauma for families. So imagine um, having to go downtown to a police station and then to a hospital, to a children's services office. um, And and maybe somewhere along the line, um, people are giving you some confusing information about court or um, nobody maybe remembered to even refer families and children for therapy. Um, And so this model now, Luna's been in Calgary for 10 years and All of the partners who would normally be involved in a child abuse file, Alberta Health Services, Children's Services, Calgary Police, uh, the whole child abuse unit, um, Crown Prosecutor, uh, Justice, we're all in one building, on one floor, working together. Uh, Because of the legislation we have in this province and our agreements amongst each other, we can share information, um, which really means that kids um, get to come uh, tell their story in a safe place. They tell it one time. And we can wrap around all the services um, and just provide them with everything they need to heal and start their healing journey. So we're very lucky to have CACs. We are um, just in 10 years, we've seen 15,000 files come through Luna. And so that's a pretty staggering number. We so need on average, 1,500 a year. Yeah, that's, that's about a- 1,500 a year. And, and remember that not all child abuse files are coming through a child advocacy center only the 15% of the most complex and severe files, the ones that require an integrated response. Um, so those are sexual abuse files. 75% of the files that come to Luna involve sexual abuse. And then um, 25% are complex and severe physical abuse files. So it's a staggering number of files that are coming through Luna. Um, and imagine those those families. That's a lot of families that would have had to ha- navigate these systems by themselves. And if you compare, and I know it doesn't sound well, but if you compare to the other 39 uh, mm-hmm. centers, 
where are we as a city with 1,500 cases on average a year? Are we the upper echelon, the lower echelon? We're in the middle compared to other jurisdictions? I would say for cities our size, we're probably similar. Like Edmonton has the Zebra Center. Their numbers were probably similar to ours. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think I think it's... It's about average for the size of the city. Um, still not a great number yeah. when you think about what that means. Yeah. When I've had the privilege of, uh, as a board member, they do case studies um, where people from the different partner agencies will all come in and talk about their roles in one investigation. And it's unbelievable. The people who work in the partner agencies and at Luna, they are like angels on earth. They work with such uh, complex and um, hard heavy situations how but but we take care of those people as well how what do we do at the luna center to make sure that those people are also considered yeah. with their emotional well-being well one of the things we always hear from people and partners who work at luna is while the work, when I talk about it, it sounds so heavy and dark, it's mm-hmm. actually a really beautiful, hopeful place. And our team members say things like, um, it's so much better to do this work together. They'd never want to do it any other way. And if you think about it, um, it, when we used to do this work in silos, because public systems work in silos, when we used to do this work in silos, um, the amount of pressure and stress that it puts on a person to worry about um, not opening a file they should they should open or um, missing something in a case that might put children at extra risk. Um, when files come through Luna, we have the comfort of knowing there's a team of experts um, who are looking at this together and and sharing information and making the best decision. So, so actually, the fact that we're doing this work is better for the staff. But at Luna, we also do a lot of intentional work around organizational wellness. It's actually a great culture and a good place to come to work, as mm-hmm. weird as that might sound. It is. We have a lot of, um, we have a lot of food and we <laughs> do a lot of team building and we, um, you know, it's you really, think about med, you always need a big food budget, <laughs> yeah. but we have five cultures, even organized, separate organizational cultures that we mix together and, and partnership is not easy. Um, so we really invest heavily in the wellness of people. People need the, when they do difficult work, they need the support and the resources um, and the training uh, to do their work really well and to be well. So we invest in that. But you're right, David, you got to come for a tour. Anybody who has not been through a tour of the Luna Center, I would really encourage you to come do that as a company or as an individual, because to your point, Karen, it's really a beautiful and light Mm -hmm. place to be. When you're there, it doesn't feel heavy. Where is it? We're on the university campus, actually. We're right across from the Children's Hospital and the um, Rotary Flames House. Close Mm -hmm. to Market Mall. Yeah, that's unfortunate (laughs) (laughs) for the the budget, but yes, we're very close. But maybe talk about that that experience for a child, because you spent a lot of time designing that first room uh, where a child and a family enters. Well, when you walk in the first... That was my next question. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) You walk into this, this 
beautiful, sunny, green forest. Like there's, and every time I'm in our, we call it our child space, but every time I'm in there, I see something new. There's, um, it's intentionally designed. There's lots of spaces where families can have privacy and there's little nooks and crannies, but there's also just toys and games and crafts and um, like more than you could ever imagine. And, And we have uh, facility dogs in there are beautiful labs that uh, support kids and families and a child life specialist. And we have kids that come in for just horrific reasons and they leave saying, can I come back and have my birthday party here? Um, <laughs> it's a beautiful place. For me, as if I walk down the street, because I saw that uh, I got my information from your website mm-hmm. and I saw there's a form to reporting. So who, who will report Something like this. Will the youth report, the child report, someone that noticed that, uh, the parent? Who's reporting to you? How do you get the information about someone that is in abuse or any situation of abuse? Yeah, good question. So um, families don't call Luna themselves. Files come to Luna through our partners. So Mm -hmm. through our partners at the Children's Hospital, through Children's Services, through police, through RCMP. um, If a report is made of child abuse that involves sexual abuse or complex and severe physical abuse, um, that report might be made by a community member, by a teacher, by a parent, by a coach. Um, When you suspect abuse, you call Children's Services or Calgary Police. Um, So you make that call. That's the our key message we're always trying to tell the community is is if you suspect abuse you need to call police or children's services but those partners then refer straight to us and that's how a file comes to us and is kind of triaged i think that we're going to take a quick break but i think maybe after the break we can address some of the concerns that people have around reporting right i mean we we talk about how it's a responsibility Mm -hmm. for teachers and coaches and anybody in that kind of authority Mm -hmm. with children but some of the reasons why maybe people don't report. We can talk about that maybe after the break. We're back right after the break with Karen Orser, the CEO of the Luna Child and Youth Advocacy Centre. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. We're back with Karen Orser, the CEO of the Luna Child and Youth Advocacy Centre. Before the break, we were talking about reporting. Um, So let's talk about that's Sometimes we hear feedback from teachers or concerned parents, other parents or coaches who say, I don't, what if I'm blowing up a family and I don't know if this is real and it's just a concern I have? You know, I don't want to be on the hook for ruining, destroying a person's reputation or the family. What do you say to that? What I say is that what we, what we never want but we do hear often is people who look back and say, I knew there was something or I just had a feeling or I should have said something. Um, We want to encourage people to, so especially in this society where um, there's a big, it's not my business. Like it's, Mm -hmm. child abuse is everyone's business and keeping kids safe is everyone's business. And so we always encourage people if they suspect abuse to call children's services if a child has disclosed abuse, you call and report to Calgary Police. Um, there are experts at the other end of that phone. Those files can come to us, and 
people will do all of the background work necessary to determine whether that child is at risk or has been abused. Um, but we don't want people to ignore their gut um, because that's when we're putting kids at risk. It brings uh, the next question for me is me as a member of the public. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I've seen all those videos that people have those different signs to show that they're under stress. Mm-hmm. How do I, as a member of the public, can identify or, or see that someone is, you know, under any kind of stress that I should report? Because I'm not talking about the teacher that sees mm-hmm. that person every day. Let's talk about neighbor that you yeah. don't always see your neighbors all the time, but from time to time. Let's talk about someone that you see in the, in, on a constant basis in, in the neighborhood store. Mm-hmm. How do you recognize that? Well, I think it's really difficult just as an average community member that might not have relationships with kids. It's not always obvious, but it's, it's important for those people that um, do have opportunities to have interactions with kids in their community, um, whether that's a coach or a piano teacher, even, even parents. Um, we all need to, it, it's about when, we, when kids feel safe, And when we have strong, trusting relationships with kids, they're more likely to disclose. Um, so that's what we want people to know is um, we need to be, especially for parents and caregivers, we need to be having lots of conversations with our kids about how to keep themselves safe and what to do if they feel uncomfortable and what to do. Um, there's so much shame that comes with child abuse. And so and the more we can open up those lines of communications and have good relationships with the kids in our communities and in our homes and in our neighborhoods, the more likely they are to feel safe talking to us. Um, and it's when they do that we need to know that we need to take them seriously and we need to report that. Every file is different. Every family has different needs. Um, some families uh, and children and youth, they come to us and they have had one experience and um, there's lots of protective factors and lots of supportive community members and, and caregivers are doing everything they can and there's access to therapy and services and resources. And so uh, those families sometimes require very little from us, um, some support up front and, of course, through the investigative process and then maybe some support during the court process. Um, and then others' families come in with, with much more complex histories, much more complex needs um, and require more support throughout their whole journey. So uh, not one file is the same. How do you deal with the situation that the family is the abuser? Well, the majority of cases of child abuse, not including kind of online exploitation, which is a whole other area, we're seeing just a tremendous increase in kids that are being exploited online. And so that's, that's another piece. But the majority of cases uh, do involve um, a, a family member or, or not necessarily a family member, but, but offender who's known uh, to... The family or to the victim and so it, again that also depends um, if it's immediate if, if the family member is maybe extended and, and the family who's involved is, is protecting and doing everything they can then we're just supporting the family um, and if not then that's where our children's services and child protective services and police come into play It's pretty amazing to watch all of the partner agencies work together on one file. And so, Karen, before the break, you talked about how um, previous to the Luna Center being in existence, there were lots of silos because they worked in mm-hmm. different areas of the city. They didn't have access and weren't sharing all the files. So mm-hmm. things were getting all over the place. So now um, that we have this one place where a child can come, 
maybe go through that process of mm-hmm. okay, so they've they've disclosed it's now uh, sure. with Luna, yeah, and so maybe talk about the dogs, talk about the the video conference room, like some mm-hmm. of the things that the people who have stepped up in the community to uh, donate mm-hmm. and sponsor how they're how they can see their money actually working yep. in the center. Well. I'll start with just a couple things even before that, Mm -hmm. um, that child advocacy centers have really changed the the complete response. So, you know, I've been at the center in the evening. Um, That happens sometimes (laughs) in this job. I've been at the center in the evening where um, an emergency has kind of happened and, and to watch five teams mobilize together in minutes, like really working as one team, Mm -hmm. um, that's, transformed the way we deal with child abuse, like right there. Um, And the other important piece um, before we even get to that is um, like the amount of files that aren't falling through cracks. So, and we, you would see these case examples at our board meetings, Tara, Mm -hmm. but it is often the case where with the information we have, one partner will say, you know, that doesn't sound like it's our mandate. Um, we don't have enough to really do anything. And another partner can say, that kind of meets mine. I will go, we'll open it up and go investigate. And we've had some um, kind of really horrific cases that we were able to catch that we wouldn't catch. So uh, that, especially in a province where... Um, like there's always so many changes with justice and children's services and health right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we are so lucky to have child advocacy centers catching these files because in other provinces, these kids would, would not, they would fall through all those cracks. Um, but once we've caught those files and they're triaged, usually the first thing that happens are kids are coming to Luna for their interview or medical exam. Medical exams aren't always needed, um, but they're coming for their forensic interview, which is the interview they do to provide their testimony for court. That's recorded. All of the partners can have access to it, and we ask, we, we tell that they tell their story one time, um, and it's ex- trained experts in child forensic interviews that, that do this interview. So kids come in for their interview when they're there. They meet with our child life specialist. They um, they uh, meet with Axel or Webster, our facility dogs. They um, they just get to be in the space and in a safe space um, to tell their story. Um, and then from there, even our therapy teams are all operating out of Luna. So kids are just coming back to the same place they already know, mm-hmm. um, which makes um, just, it gives better outcomes. I mean, one of the biggest barriers even in therapy is that is getting kids and families to complete their therapy um, is an indicator of how well they'll do. Um, but at Luna, we even find um, that families are more likely to complete their therapy sessions. Yeah. And you said that a lot of of kids come back. They want to come back again. Yes, again. we've we we have had kids say, "Can I have my birthday party here?" Um, because <laughs> they feel safe. It's a safe. Yeah. It's safe. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's safe. Well, you're doing amazing work, and the therapy dogs as well yeah. are now allowed in the courtrooms as well. Right? Yeah, and oh, yeah, that's that's another important thing. Thanks for reminding me of that. Uh, our our dogs not only do they provide court support and sit uh, with children in court, um, we've even had them do medical exams lately. So they are mm-hmm. amazing superheroes. Mm-hmm. We have a new dog starting with us in the new year that we're very excited about. Um, and the other beautiful thing that is happening at Luna and most child advocacy centers now is remote testimony. So we have two beautiful remote testimony rooms where um, kids don't even have to go to court sometimes. They can testify right from our space. Yeah, so it's a video. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Making a big difference. Yeah. Big difference to kids. Tara, and what's your experience on the board? What is... What do you feel on the board? Oh my gosh, I've, I, I am just blown away by the work that they do. I really am. They are changing lives because through the therapy and through dealing with things immediately, that toxic stress that they experience is uh, you're able to reach uh, a, a different level, but also just the, the, the model oh, yeah. of the collaboration between people. I know efficiency with investigations closing and everything. It's just, it, it's, they've done great things. Our guest this morning was Karen Orser, CEO of the Luna Child and Youth Advocacy Center. And thank you, Karen, for being our guest. Thank you. Thanks, Karen. Thank, thank you. you. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. 